0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Planet of the Apes edition. Today we are pitching sequels. My name is Michael Shantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, your friend and mine, pitchmaster himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. What do they think we are, gorillas? <laughs> I'm telling you,
1: ape racism or apism. Oh. It's rampant in rampant. These movies. Rampant. Yeah. Good stuff. You can call the gorilla anything. <laughs> Unchecked.
0: <laughs> Unchecked. Oh, shit. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, Tom and I are here to pitch a final movie. To the Planet of the Apes series. Tom, mm. you love this series. I do. And have since I... childhood. How excited yes. were you to create a last movie for this series?
1: I love it so much. I think I was more intimidated than excited. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Because, you know, I don't want to clutter up this series with my nonsense. You don't
0: so. want to fuck it up?
1: <laughs> yes. But um I you, well, I think what I ended up with was sort of just <laughs> what what I call going back to basics which is actually oh. to make everything more complicated but
0: uh, <laughs> that do, that does <laughs> not surprise my, me
1: in the least my friend At least in terms of my my history of pitching sequels back to basics in uh, in, in very much you know um Putting everything into a blender once again. So an everything soup, kind of. But I think a, po- a pointed one again in the spirit of this series. It's a, it's an everything soup with a purpose. That an was the big thing that...
0: for me. I was I, I I kept thinking to myself, all right, I got to keep thinking about the tone of the series. What can I? Where where do the... where do I go? What do I do? How nihilistic is it? <laughs> <laughs> what can I not blow up? Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but it's yeah, and that's the that's the really interesting thing about these these movies and it it helps me, you know, walk a mile in the footsteps of the people who made them. It's like every time you come up with a sequel, it has to mean something. Yeah. Like it's not enough to make an entertaining adventure movie
0: and not just the movie itself you have to do that too right but you you you
1: also it also you have to come out of it and some and people have to have learned something about themselves in the society they live in i mean that's that's pretty that's a tall order that's a very tall order and i'm not saying that i have in any way achieved that but that's definitely at the back of my mind as is things like tone and you know remediating the series because it wouldn't be an ape sequel if it, if it didn't have some kind of reflection on what had gone before. hmm Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of difficult avenues to explore. Uh, um,
0: well, and not just that, because you have to give all of those considerations to the story itself, but also the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the title's a rough one. I mean,
1: I, I for a while I was going with Return to the Planet of the Apes before I realized that that, that title had already been taken by the animated Wait, what, what TV was, series. Wait, what were you going to do? Return, Return to the Planet of the Apes. Just because mm. it covers a multitude of sins. You're always returning to the Planet of the Apes. Right, what exactly. You're doing. But a TV, the animated TV series, that's what that's called. So <laughs> I can't use that. <laughs> that's amazing. And that and that really is a sequel because it picks up
0: post Brent. Mm-hmm. May amazingly. Um Well, and so, so when it comes down to it, like was was it very difficult? Yeah. It well
1: again, I I think in in line with probably how these movies have, have made, once you figured out the tone and what you were trying to say, it gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like once you realize, like you know, what what do I want people to think in watching this movie? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it can all be it can all be related to that. Your story can kind of flow from that. Okay. Um, which makes it easier, but I think it makes it harder coming up with a story at all to go along those lines. I I really don't know how they kept doing it for for four movies
0: right well not just that but movies
1: is totally different totally each
0: one's totally different and each one well is that true because i mean each does each one build a sequel from the first half of beneath the Flat of the apes
1: yeah right yes that's it the rest is all
0: highly original stuff (laughs) but uh I, I feel like almost each one builds a, a sequel convention that we still yeah, are dealing with to this day, yes? At least one per movie. Right. <laughs> Fucking impressive.
1: Yeah. And and I wanted to actually go back to something that you asked. I wanted to refine an answer I'd given before. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked a really good question in our first or second episodes, which is how is this how is this series as a whole regarded? Like how are these sequels regarded? Oh, you're right. And I said, like, they're not really they're not really talked about as as good sequels or or influential sequels. And that's, you know, I'll I'll stick with most of that. But I'll qualify it a little bit by saying that if you're if you're a hardcore sci fi nerd, I think Beneath the Planet of the Apes is probably has has been very influential too, because I completely blanked on uh, the episode of Futurama where uh, Fry goes into the sewers and there's an underground race of mm. people who worship a nuclear bomb. Oh my gosh! As in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and Fry says, "You worship a nuclear bomb," and the guy replies, "says I'm not devout or anything." <laughs> So and there's also there's an episode there's an episode of Doctor Who from the 80s where they reenact the Queensborough Plaza discovery that the you know that the planet they're on is a future Earth in ruins. So it's obvious like some something about that movie has had some influence if you're a little more um, you know if you're on the cult side of things yeah you're a bit more alternative. But over but something I found out just recently was that. In 1974, after the series had ended and the TV series was cancelled, all five of the Apes movies were re-released into theaters simultaneously. Oh, and really? And along with it, along with it, a mass merchandising push of ape memorabilia under this umbrella slogan of "20th Century Fox wants you to go ape." Wow. Like every possible merchandise you could believe. So I think that also answers the question about why this series has lasted longer than most. Mm-hmm. Because they merchandised it really early on and they re-released the series as a whole really early on. So probably people's experience of this movie is a lot like mine, which is you don't think about a particular movie. It just all blends into one. One kind of brand, really. Right. Which is, again, and and I don't want to underline this, you know, this foreshadowing too much, but we're talking about a merchandising push which will be, you know, reproduced a few years later with Star Wars. And then in franchises going forward. And again, Planet of the Apes was the first series to do that. Predating even Star Wars, which is seen as the watermark, right? Yeah, right, of, right, right. Of merchandising around a, a movie franchise. No, they did it in with 74. With McDonald's
0: Happy Meals and whatnot.
1: Yeah, that's right. They did it in 74. Wow. With re-releasing all the movies and pushing literally all the merchandise you could possibly think of on people. <laughs> this fucking series, man. I know. I know. It did everything before it was all popular. So, that, that's my own, so the, those are my only two big caveats. I think Beneath get some currency and the series as a whole has kind of um, seeped into popular culture because mm-hmm. of the way it was marketed and released in merchandise.
0: Now... I can't remember because there was something you wanted to save for this conversation. That's it. That was it. In our last episode. Was that it? That was it. Yeah. Okay. All right, friend. Well. Should you I'd like I think I'd like you to go first. Okay. I will. I am I'm chomping at the bit to know what Tom Stewart has done. Yeah, this might be first half
1: of Beneath the Planet of the Apes Disappointing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to put it in, in terms we'll both understand. Never. Um, but no one else will. Uh, so the name of my sequel yes. is... Yes. No, don't. See, don't anticipate it. <laughs> the Best of Both Planets of the Apes. The Best of Both Planets of the Apes.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> the best of the best of both planets of the apes is it a variety show
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is now <laughs> I think the Simpsons already got there sadly okay <laughs> so Dr. Zayas, we begin Dr. exactly Dr. so we began in, uh, we begin 1972, oh. Earth. Actually, not Earth. Space. The space around Earth. <laughs> and we're in the cockpit of the spaceship that we see from the original movie. Okay. And from behind, we see an astronaut who looks like uh, Colonel Taylor. Having a last cigarette before... Injecting themselves with the sleep juice.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But we pan up to their face. It's not Colonel Taylor. It's Colonel Stewart. Hmm. Colonel Stewart, of course, the female astronaut. Right. Who died in, the, in the crash. Yeah. Became like mummified. Yeah. She stabs out a cigarette, a cigar. Go, uh, gets into, you know, gets into a pod. In the other pod, still landing, still dodge. But the other pod is occupied by Lieutenant Taylor. All right. We reenact the crash that starts the first Apes movie, crashing into the water in, you know, the Fox Ranch.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um, Like the beginning of Escape from the Planet of the Apes, the
0: ship is salvaged by human military you're starting to cut those carrots and potatoes for the soup let's go <laughs> <laughs> we get you know we get that that
1: sort of parade of Phil Silver's characters comes out to meet her <laughs> <laughs> okay um she's wearing she's wearing her astronaut's helmet so we still haven't seen her face she's saluted we said we want to welcome you to that. They don't get to finish the sentence. They don't tell us where we are. <laughs> she <laughs> takes a helmet off. They look shocked that she's a human woman. She looks shocked that they're males in a um, in a hierarchical position and. Uh, a female, a female orderly takes her off to, you know, to get her to the hospital, check her out. And she says, hey, wh- what's with these male generals? What is this, a year 4000? And the female orderly replies, actually, it's three, three, nine, seven, eight. So, you know, close, <laughs> but no cigar. And she's like, oh, yeah, I brought my cigar. She still got her cigar. That's
0: important in a minute. Um, <laughs> I just wrote that. That's fine. Um and she says, oh, does from this whole when, story it, hinge on a cigar
1: at this point? Yeah. As All far right. as we know. Uh, and then Stuart says, oh, in my time, women ran things. Um, and the female, they said, yeah, now, you know, uh, men are in, men are largely in charge. Um, and he, she says, God, I might have difficulty getting used to that. <laughs> and the female only <laughs> shakes her head saying, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just then. A squadron of gorillas on horses appears from over a sand dune. <laughs> uh, she's looking out in the background and she's, she's, she's already she's lit her cigar that she brought from the, from her time. and uh, the orderly looks at her and she says, "Let me guess, no smoking either." And she throws away a cigar. The gorillas put her in a net, drag her off, chanting. Kill the astronaut! Kill the astronaut! Kill the astronaut! <laughs> Roll credits! Wow. That's the cold open. Cold open, baby. Um, so she's taken to a guerrilla military barracks on the edge of Ape City. But she's immediately met by a group of um, female politicians known as the Zeros. And All right. they take her out of custody where she's being handled by the gorillas. And they're pretty angry that she's being treated this way. And we get the sense that that they are the authority in the society and that the gorillas are simply soldiers. Um, soldier underlings. And the gorilla yes. says, but what about the... The gorilla says, "Say, say so, but what about the prophecy? We know that when humans go to space, <laughs> it means the end of the world. And... Um, he says, oh, that prophecy's been misread. Phantom Menace. Or, no, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> actually. Even better. Um, but she also, you know, she also says, oh, it's just bunkum. You know, that's just, uh, we don't believe in that sort of thing anymore. And Stuart is taken to Ape City, which is not, like, which is a advanced futuristic society. Flying cars, the whole shebang. And she learns that in, th- in th- uh, 3978, society has developed so that um, ape society and human society have developed separately from each other. The apes have become, you know, have mastered science, space travel, technologically advanced as you could imagine. All right. The humans and they're a matriarchal society. Women are on top. Men are on... I'm uh, sorry. Females are on top, males on the bottom. And the gorillas are basically the hired muscle who live on the outskirts of Ape City. The humans have mm-hmm. their own civilization, but they're barely out of the feudal stage. Because they've been they've all developed separately. And they are a patriarchal society. Okay. So, the the Zeras are, tr- are, are saying to Stuart that, you know, your arrival could radicalize the human females into joining us in an in a mixed female society of mm. humans and apes. And we right. could finally get rid of all these gor- these gorillas and these male apes, and we could just do the lever. And you know we've been planning for years um, to secede from the gorillas, and we have uh we have a dome that we are going to erect around the city that will protect us from whatever you know whatever damage to society the humans and the gorillas are going to do. So she, so Stuart is sent to the human city, which is really, you know, like, villages to find that female orderly that she first met and try and radicalize the women and bring them over to Ape City and seal them within, a, within the dome so they can, you know, live out the rest of existence. A perfect biodome. That they can live in in a utopia. However, the gorillas have got an atom bomb. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> They've got the Omega. I was. They've got say, the Omega. What well, do they
0: have? The Omega. And as, or yeah. Okay. From this, oh, this so,
1: so I don't know if it's ever stated, but uh, at this point, she will let you know that that. Uh, Stuart comes from an alternate timeline where women are in, were in charge of society in the 1970s. There you go. Because of the Hassline curve and the alternate timeline, there's now a gap between the two parallel universes. So she's passed into the, the Taylor timeline. And she says, you, you know, they, they all know... The apes all know the history of Taylor,
0: and she said, oh yeah, Taylor, he was he was on our flight. He was the most precious cargo we brought, because... But aren't they in the same year? Isn't it 3978 and for Taylor, too? Right. So that Hassline curve kind of takes them into the future and a parallel universe. Okay.
1: Because there's a hole where it all converged. Gotcha. And the apes have figured this out, because they're technologically advanced. They understand such things. Um, and they also know that that there is a prophecy a religious prophecy that once humans go into space um the world will be destroyed and you know the gorillas still and and some of the lower apes still believe in that but um they've moved beyond that now and anyway um Stuart is leading leading a um an entourage of 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 human of human women who wanted <laughs> to effect to the ape city through through the forbidden zone, which is between um, the two not, societies. Not
0: HBO's entourage, I hope.
1: Hopefully not. No, okay. the, there's women in it for one who aren't <laughs> right, like exactly. you know sex objects. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and in doing that, they have to sneak through the the gorilla barracks. And they see that they have an mega device and they're threatening to use it because they're cottoned onto the plan. They know what's going to happen. They know they're going to be left out outside the dome. So Stuart's plan quickly changes to, let's fix this spaceship, get it back into space. I'll take you back into my time and we'll work on warning people to one of the zeros. Yeah. We'll work on, by the way, I'm thinking Cape Blanchett. Nice. For, for Stuart. His, let's get let's go, you know, we'll go back through the same hole that I came through. We'll go back into Mike. we'll go back down the Hassline curve. Back into the seventies. It'll all be fine. It'll all be fine. And so as the movie goes on, that's what that's what happens. They they escape just as the gorillas, you know, activate the bomb, they see the earth blowing up as they leave. And Um they see, they see the Earth blowing up as they leave. They get back into their own timeline. Like, phew, we just got away from that. So it's like one female ape and Stuart, one female human. Yeah. And there's like, okay, we're getting into Earth's trajectory. Wait a minute. There's nothing there. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> so we, you know, we presuppose that they, that whatever's happened in... The 1970, in 1972 has also blown up the Earth. Fantastic. So, there we go. That is the best of both planets of the Apeses. <laughs> the Ape-ses. That's All right. a better title.
0: The ape <laughs> Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> I, of
1: course, you know, Once you've got time travel on the table, it really helps you
0: come up with (laughs) bullshit storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I, of course, went more traditional, (laughs) as if you didn't know. No. (laughs) I gotta tell you, though. Oh, I don't know. A week or so ago, I'm in the shower, and Lightning Bolt, the perfect title, comes to me. Okay, and I did not write it down. And you forgot it? And I forgot it. Oh, no. And I thought to myself, don't worry about it. It will come to you. Yeah. And it never did. <laughs> I... this, is, this is a tragedy worse oh, than so we need the Planet I'm of the Apes. i so upset. I was like, uh, was it like claiming the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> no, that doesn't sound very no, good. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no it wasn't, because banishing, that's not a good title. Vanishing <laughs> from the planet of the apes? What uh the fuck was it? I never got it back. So Expulsion from the Planet of the Apes. No. But Defection you're on the right from track. The planet of the apes. You're on the right track with what I ended up with. I went with enslaving the Planet of the Apes. Hmm. So. Not making grammatical sense so far, but... Nope. Let's... <laughs> let's go with it. All right. <laughs> we know that, uh, you know, Taylor was there in 3978. We know that... Or 3955. Or, yeah. And we we know that 2670 is the lawgiver time. Yeah. I am setting my movie in that time. Oh,
1: that's the obvious thing
0: to do. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if there's one thing I can do, it's hit the obvious. I just thought I'd create another alternate timeline. There you go. You know, yeah. Just for fun. Uh, a descendant of Caesar is in charge. Is he called Caesar or Cornelius. I know. I was like, I didn't know what to call him. He's it's like Goodfellas, either Peter or Paul. <laughs> and so I, I never even like came up with a final name. I was I was like, do you do something different? But like Aldo, like but Milo or <laughs> like, yeah, D- know. go. Let's go with
1: Milo because because. Milo Caesar was wasn't Milo for long. So
0: that's all right. So Milo Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and there is a there. there, So basically you still kind of have. Some of the same problems, the humans and the apes are living together. Yeah. Uh, What Caesar wanted was the utopia. Yeah. And they had been going towards that. Or trying to get towards that for so long. hmm But... Human nature is ape nature, and there's always going to be the gorillas who want something else, want something different. I have yeah. Kuro, who is Ooh. more the warlike, which is black in Japanese. Keeping the racist and bigoted themes of these series alive. (laughs) You're really temple of dooming this. I know. (laughs)
1: What what do we need? More racism.
0: Yeah. (laughs) As time goes forward, (laughs) he just so Kuro wants to move beyond uh, where they are right now. So mm-hmm. think of think in terms of beneath and the mirror the mirroring like let's push out, let's let's move beyond our borders, let's take over more. Mm. Let's truly make this a planet of the apes, not a village of the apes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Milo is the, the crux for me for this movie is that milo can see the machinations of his power being challenged hmm. and he wants to be a benevolent leader but he's not sure how to do that without se- seemingly being strong to all apes on the pl- in yeah. the village right okay meanwhile there are still humans and there's one human Who I just called Lisa. I have to tell you, the only reason I I thought of it as like they they call her Lisa, like they they think of it as an old name. Yes. Uh, But I think one of the only reasons I put it in there is because of Krull. (laughs) You know what? I accept both reasons. All right, fine. (laughs) I just love in Kroll when they talk about uh, he's like, I can go find her, the, you know, spider lady. And because I know her real name, it's a it's the most, you know, beautiful name. It's an old name and blah, 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 Mm. blah, blah. And then when he's hanging on the spider web, he can only get the spider to stop killing him by saying Lisa. And I'm like, oh, that's the beautiful old. Okay. Well, good on you, Kroll. So I love it. Uh, Lisa is a person that is of high status within the ape culture. Mm-hmm. She's like the highest person. She even sits. Oh, she even' a crossover there. Yeah. So she even sits on, um, like the elder positions. And right. so you're, you're going to see, uh, her cast decisions, uh, Whenever something goes wrong, you know, mm-hmm. when when they need when they need a, a committee to decide right. uh, any kind of punishment for whatever has happened. You don't have to talk down to me. I know what an ape counsel is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At some point, you're going to uh, you're going to see that she has uh, casted a. A punishment Mm. against one of the guerrillas. But it is something that Milo also had agreed to Mm. that Kuro had disagreed to. And the uh, lawgiver is back. Yeah. And the lawgiver also disagreed. Is he played by Danny or Jack Houston? (laughs) That's a good idea.
1: (laughs) I think if you did Danny, you wouldn't even be able to tell... Or Angelica, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't be able to tell it wasn't John Houston under all that makeup. If it's one
0: (laughs) of his kids. (laughs) That's great. All right. Um, But at any rate, it was a two to two... Vote, and she cast the deciding vote. Mm. All right? Yeah. The next thing you know that she is uh, uh, walking cliffside with the lawgiver, and they're talking about their decision and the rationale for their decisions, and they're trying to understand each other better.
1: Yeah.
0: She turns away. He's very old at this point. And he actually, not accident. Uh, Not a misunderstanding. He just has like a heart attack and he falls over the cliff. Mm -hmm. She has to go back and report that the lawgiver has died. Mm. And Kuro is saying, why should we believe you? Why should we trust you? And this is, you know, where conflict comes up. Now, Kuro is saying, we need to enslave all humans Mm -hmm. because if they can... The one thing we know about humans is that they can lie. They can cheat. They can steal. This is how we, you know, this is our history. We need to get rid of the humans. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. the crux for this movie is that Milo has to, he feels like he has to end up agreeing. And he decrees from now on all humans are under the control of Ape. And then mm. you have the whole second act is the chasing of of rounding up all the humans yeah. that have fleed through the village. Yeah. Wow. It's going to end with them being captured and Lisa saying. Essentially, they're going to be put to death or enslaved. She is going to be put to death because she's just too much of a rabble rouser. We yeah. can't have her at all. And she's saying she's pleading with Milo. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This goes against everything I know for you to be. And he's apologetic and saying, I have to do this. I don't know of another way. And. They finally have a moment alone where he admits this to her and she says, this is going to be the death of you. And he says, how, how could you possibly know that? We're, we're putting an end to humans. I don't know what you did. I'd like to think that you didn't kill the lawgiver. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I don't know. And mm-hmm. I have to do this. And she's going to say something to the effect of, it'll be the end of you, just like it is for all tyrants. And so we get our, we get a bleak ending. But we also have connected to everything that happens after that, that we know where Taylor comes and then beneath the planet of the apes and that that story actually or that portion of it, that is how it ends. So the the alternate timeline turns back into the original
1: timeline. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 great. That's. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with the with the current crop of Star Trek movies. I presume they'll just reboot it again. But that's how, in my head, I always thought the last of those modern day Star Trek movies was gonna it was gonna end. That There was be one event that was the same in both, and then you just it all becomes the same. Yeah, like slide like sliding doors style. Right, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you. Except for the title, I know. <laughs> I know. What was it?
1: Bondage of the Planet of the Apes. I eights? don't know. Uh I like enslave. I like in the idea of enslavement, but some it needs another word. Needs another <laughs> another <laughs> adjective. Another adjective. Yeah. But hey, that's where our listeners can come in.
0: Yep. You tell us, ladies and gentlemen, which sequel do you like best? And also write in a better title for one of them. Or both. I'm going to say afraid. for both. How, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with been be- the best of the planet of the apes? <laughs> the best of both of the planet? I can't. Even, I don't even know where yours starts and where your, yours begins. It's, uh, Fuck, I I'm- wish I could remember the name of that title. I'm planning
1: to get paid by the word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly.
1: Uh, All right. Well, that there's a, speaking of traditional, there's a couple of traditional pitches from you and me right there. <laughs> that takes right, it right back. We've right gone back ra- to the beginning. We've gone full circle. We've time-traveled <laughs> back to uh, Superman there with my everything soup versus uh, perfectly... Perfectly self-contained piece Story. of filmmaking. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you get to vote. Tell us. Find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. We get no emails, Tom. I want some emails. Okay. Give, give us emails. Give us emails, people. Yeah. we'll read you out on air. It's this is, you know, we we do
1: some nerdy properties, so you can right? you can fact check us, you can, you know, you can do you anything can you like. Us, tell us what we should watch next. You tell us we got everything wrong about the planet of the apes which, <laughs> you know, I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to hear but able to dispute. <laughs> At some level, I know we got some stuff wrong. I just know it. <laughs> Uh, me for sure. I don't know
0: about you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm worried about a lot of what I've said. <laughs> All right, for Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. We have a brand new series coming at you soon. Stay tuned. Say goodbye, Tom. Lawgiver, who knows about the future? <laughs> I love the way that girl says that line. That's an excellent reading of an excellent reading. And then she hits an ape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pulls his hair, doesn't Or no, She? he pulls her hair, right? Yeah, and then she smacks him. Yeah. It's like, great. <laughs> We've yeah. really come forward in time. <laughs> All right, everyone. Until next time.